Hey, I want to invite you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast and enjoying this content and are passionate about protection, you should know that we have an entire library of all of the protector symposiums that we've ever done uh, hosted at protectornation.com. You can go there and you can download those and you can watch every protector symposium we've had to date there online and you can learn protection tactics from the most, some of the most elite trainers in the world from the comfort of your own home. I think you'll be surprised about how much content we actually have there. Uh, It's very, very, very reasonably priced and you can upgrade your protection skills. Remember, protection is not all about the hard skills. 90% of it is all about the software, the programming, the way you see and move in the world to achieve a safer pattern of life. With that having been said, go to protectornation.com, join us there, and learn from the best of the best. Now, enjoy the show. Boom, what's going on, guys? So for this podcast, I want to do something special. Once again, I'm always trying to do something special. This episode is going to give you an in-depth view of part of the Protector Symposium 6.0. We're going to let you guys see some of the on-hands-on portion um, and different glimpses of what we did at this last Protector Symposium 6.0 Apocalypse. This event was was all about what we're dealing with in the world, survival tactics, um, tactical kinetic centric tactics all the madness um, and it was an amazing and beautiful event this content you're about to see is accessible inside the civilian protector project so if you enjoy this type of stuff go to protectornation.com get in the civilian protector project learn from some of the best in the world and get on our live zoom calls get consultation we're here to make the world a safer place by helping good people to become more willing capable, prepared, and yes, it's, uh, when it's appropriate, more dangerous. Enjoy the episode. Boom! What would be an arm movement in the structure? You come awake at 3 a.m., you're not sure what's going on, you're kind of sleepy, you get a bladder full of piss, trying to figure out what's happening, came out of a deep, deep, deep sleep, boom, you hear a noise, you're a little more awake. You fumble over and you grab a Glock 43 and you try and figure out what's going on in that house. That that would be a armed movement in the structure. Um, You're in public space, Walmart, Target, whatever else, walking with uh, a toddler, you know, a wife, girlfriend, daughter, whoever, maybe it's your grandchild, and you hear rounds, cack off. Nobody knows where the source of fire is at. People are running everywhere and you have no desire to engage with that person. But what you want to do is move safely out of that structure with those people that you care about. That would be a, an armed movement in a structure. Okay. So that, that's ubiquitously the title I use to cover a variety of movements and missions. Okay. And it gets away from the vision that people have of being jocked up in plates and kit with nods assaulting a room. Um, You will see in a global meta way some crossover between orthodox military CQB and what we're doing in, in a very broad sense in probably the best analogy I can make is comparing um, traditional 
military CQB to what we're doing is kind of like comparing rugby to MMA. The greater the distance one has from a plane of visual impediment, the greater the field of view beyond the plane with less movement required to identify a problem. To a large extent, this will dictate route. The driver here is always seek depth or distance. So if you look at what we got going on here, okay? We're equidistant from a vertical line of visual impediment, okay? Now without like bobbing or weaving or anything like that, just kind of let your nose line up on this. Look at that line and tell me what you can see of me. See half your body. Half my body, okay. So right now we have equal distance or depth on this vertical plane. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna open the distance up and I wanna see, and I'm gonna keep my toe in line with hers. I'm not gonna move inboard or anything like that, but I wanna see what the distance that I take from here does to what she can see of me, all right? So I'm gonna move straight back. Ashley, what can you see of me? Very edge, your arm, your leg, okay. very edge of your body. What can you see of me now? Your shadow. My shadow, okay. <laughs> can you see any part of me that outside of my shadow? No. Okay. I want everybody to look from Ashley's toes through her calf, her thigh, and her arm. Just stand still. <laughs> Ashley, do you see me? No, sir. Okay. Ooh, superpowers. So, let me ask you something. Um. If you're, if you're moving through interior space by yourself, okay, no support, how important do you think it is to identify someone, see someone before they see you? It's probably extremely important, okay. So this is what I mean that depth or distance from things that you can't see kind of dictate route and it tells you where you should be in the room. What he's done is he's gone inside the mom and pop convenience store, cacked a few rounds off and run out. So the call is a 211 man with a gun. Okay. Off a fight. Here's what you're gonna see. You're gonna see law enforcement arrive up here around 11 o'clock, two police officers. Um, they're gonna kind of walk by. Um, the clerk does one of these. Mm -hmm. The fight <clears throat> happens in one, two, three parking spaces. Wow. Okay, that's where the fight happens. I'm going to play this a couple of times, okay, and then I'm going to ask you observations, okay? So let's watch this carefully and closely. I know it's grainy video, and it's a small screen. Okay, there he is. <clears throat> He knows the police are showing up. He doesn't know from where. He wanders back and forth. Where are they at? Where are coming? 
and you can see our police officers peeking around the corner. Two of them. Now he's gone. Okay, let's watch that again. Watch carefully. Again, this is uh, this is 18, 18 years ago. Okay. There he is. You see the cruiser right here. Okay. You see them get out. He's looking. Clerk signals police officers, they come around the corner. He's looking for them. So the result of this is one of those police officers killed, the other one is shot and taken out. Uh, the way this resolved is it goes into a manhunt, dude barricades himself, um, ends up sticking the barrel in his mouth, toes the trigger, does a Hemingway, um, and that's that, all right? Um, so you watched it twice here. Observations on any actions by either party, throw it out there. Officers were engaged, they backed up, and that's when he closed the distance. Okay. Um, he had more distance, so yep. he was able to see them first before they could see him. Okay. What else? Looked like he was providing cover fire as he was moving, you know, in that distance. What else? Throw it out there. I think the officer was exposed um, in the line of sight for him to shoot him. So what else? He cut the corner, the officer cut the corner. He didn't round it, didn't buy it. Okay, what else? He was fast. Yeah, he closed that distance. What else? He had a rifle there, I know. What else? Um. The three parking spots. Three parking spots, right? Have you ever been in a room that's been rounds have gone through it and fucking asbestos and dust is everywhere? If you think you were going to be able to breathe clearly? You're long. Yeah. Uh, having a little, having a cough as you're trying to move surreptitiously through a room, do not get shot. <coughs> no, not a good thing. Uh, I always carry a bandana with me. A bandana and water is sometimes enough. You know, uh, a piece of cloth is something traditionally carried by every single culture on the planet. You know, he has one of those. You go to Oaxaca and they use them to carry their kids in the back. And uh, you go to my mom used to carry around a, a palacate, which is basically a bandana for the keeping the tortillas warm. They turn it into a tourniquet for a kid that slides her arm open. A bunch of stuff. The piece of cloth is a thing you can utilize. Uh, how about a military gas mask? You want to carry one of those? <laughs> I mean, it it'll provide a whole narrative to you that might be a, a far from what you want. But what about a construction one? 
There's some there's some pretty there's some pretty good ones that are specifically meant for the industrial complex that for the, for the industrial uh, uses that don't come with the tactical colors and come with colors that are very generic and they look like something that belongs in a factory. That's what I roll with. Um, write a sonnet. Leaders written a sonnet before. No. Uh, I don't have English as a first language, but I've been writing a lot and I posted up on my Instagram account many times. What's a sonnet? Not oh. something. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I, I, I write a lot I and do. it's something I've been learning to do a lot, specifically just because of the fact that if you don't know how to write your reality, your reality is nebulous. Share your reality. Yeah. It's vague. It's a very it's it's very that vagueness yeah. is open to a lot of things coming into it. And you can canonize it, you can crystallize it, it can live outlive you. You yeah. can articulate it on paper. Yeah. All biographies are bullshit. If you think about it, why? It's us trying to look into the past to make sense of it. In my biography, I'm not going to put the fact that I was spent to, uh, spent two hours in that bathroom shooting my brains out. No, I'm gonna put it in mind. Gonna <laughs> put it in mind. Uh, there's certain things that happen to us that make no sense, but the things that do make sense are important. That's what we focus on. But if you don't know how to write those down, though, they're nebulous, and you don't have any definition. I like really kind of focusing on that. Uh, there's a bunch of them that I like. Building a wall is pretty funny. Setting a bone. And I'll, I'll say this, comforting the dying. Uh, I've, I've been in that position many times, so many times. Kind of many times. Um, you two are friends, right? What would you do if he was bleeding out in front of you and you knew he was going to die? Do exactly that. Try comfortable. How? Things are around you. If you this look is at legit. Pay yeah. super close attention to this part, yeah. especially if you're looking to exploit or not be exploited. Yeah. Mm. What's the commonality between all the numbers on these phone boxes? That's to an address. What? That's to an address. Maybe. So all of them have a zero in there, and that's where the camera lens was. It's told. Oh. oh. Zero. They just discovered a network of these all over Tijuana. The reason I post that, uh, that I showed share that video, I posted that on my Instagram account, and yeah. people went nuts. Yeah. It's like, why are you showing people out of bodies disappearing? Well, first that. off, this comes from a TikTok account that is science-based for kids. My point with sharing stuff like that is that that's what your ten-year-olds learn on TikTok. My point, my point with sharing stuff like that is that people freak out with the information if it's presented in a certain way. If I say it, it's evil. Evil. If they put it on TikTok for kids, I mean, I'm not. I have a TikTok account, but it's I can't. It's no way. But this is basically showcasing body disposal. Where do you get a TikTok like that? Like that, like in America. You can order it online. You can order it online? It's not a restricted thing. So you can figure that out. But I'm not here to check so. Because, like, Drano has it. Yeah, yeah, or you can just learn how to make caustic soda. You can buy sulfuric acid. You can have it, it'll be here tomorrow. Yeah, but again, you send it to it's, it's nothing secret, but people freak out as far as how it's presented. So, one thing I'll say is whatever you do and whatever you research, it always depends on how you're presenting it and how you're researching it. Right. Yeah, so you want to get on the list? You will get on the list, probably. You're already on the list. You're already on the list. You're here, you're on the list. But it's fine. 
Uh, the main thing is if you like all this information is out there. You know, it's open source. If you if you ask the right questions, if you look at them in the right way, you can use them for all the wrong reasons. You know, if I teach you how to drive a car, you can either drive a car for Uber or you can run over a bunch of people. The enemy is learning constantly. You know, when I say the enemy, the enemy could be whatever you want to make it. For me, I live a life where I fought a lot of people. Uh, I did that for a long time, and now I'm trying to I'm trying to make sense of it. Mm -hmm. You know, what did it mean? You know, why? For a long period, of actually going through my therapy, I had guilt behind me, like all that shit. Like, like why? You know. But then you start figuring out that it had to be you going through it. Uh, when I was yeah. talking to Byron on the podcast, um, Byron was in front of me and he was speaking about his story. And it's hearing his story, you know, all he went through, some of the struggles he went through from being a kid to trying to figure out his growing up and some of the issues he had uh, as far as trying to belong and all that. It's like, holy shit, I went through some of that shit too. And going into the military and figuring that shit out and getting blown up and all that, I went through some of it too. And now seeing him where he is and just realizing, hey, Byron, mm -hmm. you couldn't be who you are right now if all that shit didn't happen to you. Yeah. So you can curse it, you can be sad about it, you can be depressed about it, or you, or you can realize that it had to be you. Can I do it? You know? <clears throat> uh, whatever's coming then, realize that whatever you're doing, if you're here, in the future, if the, the moment comes and they knock on your door, if they try to pull your kid out of the window, you that's when you realize, oh, it had to be. Yeah. So one of the best things I did was I think I came up with, I call it a clock system, but it's based off of an elbow escape or commonly known as a shrimp. Does anybody here know besides, of course, you do how to elbow escape or shrimp on the ground? You guys know what I'm talking about where you see people move like this. Who does not know how to do that? Everybody knows, okay. Okay, so basically the rule is your lower body part, whichever foot, put pressure down, that's the way your hips go. So if I push my left foot down, I wanna bring my hips to my left, okay? But notice the upper body doesn't move. That's the key, everybody. You wanna be able to turn your body into the letter C. So you wanna bring your feet closer to your booty, okay? you get a good leverage so like air hockey you elevate off the ground and you just swing out just swing out so i'm going from my shoulder blade to my shoulder muscle i'm not rolling over you're going to want to roll over don't roll over you have to clear the ground and swing out to get on your side so all you're going to do is you protect yourself and by the way you notice what am i teaching gracie jiu-jitsu would teach him to hook a half guard, maybe get me in the guard, close the distance, go to a, you know what I'm saying? But now you're engaged in a grappling fight and we don't necessarily want that. Right. Or if you need your team back up on yeah, your feet to get to the principal's family or whatever, yeah. yeah, let's go. So hip away. Hip away. Good Scrums. freeze. Now when you bring this up, use that foot to slide your upper body back. Freeze, good. Now if you can just extend this and go to sit, freeze. Fucking perfect. Now let's say I'm leaning in, you got a hammer fist right there. Boom, roundy, boom. Good, bring it across, you have a leg push kick. Boom, uh-huh. Now put this on the ground, right? And hip away so that's locked out, hip away, you move back. I know you can push me, but now don't point your calf. Flex your toes, yeah. Need a chin, you have a push kick, right? You can deploy a weapon from there, whatever. Good, again, please, perfect. 
So it starts here and we're not going to do this, but it'll get to where if I'm on foot like this and I'm sitting up, go just play the game. He gets here, he gets freeze. No, yeah, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> There's some horsepower. Got him for training, yeah. But see, what you're starting to open up. It, we don't want that. Here's why. You want to be on your side more if you can. Okay. From, and that's from the original hip value. Because psychologically, people will not swing down here. You eliminate, I'm telling you they this from experience. They want to come up over the top. When you start opening up your chest, psychologically, now I see both sides. You want me to, because even if I do this, you got the kick will beat me or take your, put that down on the ground for a sec. Take your top hand, just point towards me like that. Even if the punch, relax, 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 relax. Sales, it'll sell. You guys have seen that in UFC. It's, don't chase the punch, right. just protect the target. Oh. Big difference in thought process of defense. So you're the principal, right? I'm like, sir, sir, and you push. You have them shoot, no, just go right through the triangle. Yes. And you could do, I would do overlap. And so one, two, and three are gonna break the grid. Now you disengage, next guy comes in and moves on. Now, the other thing too is, I'm gonna use you in a second. You get the guy who won't let go of your hand. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. So, so again, pull, I, when I pull, shoot the triangle. You shoot the triangle. Yeah, that's how you get them to let go. So they're here like this, it's simple. So if you won't let go of my hand, I'm doing this, I pull, you pull back. No, I'm just gonna go through and break your grip for you. Just like a dog bite, instead of ripping out, just push through. It's, all, it's just right through the trials, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, all right, so check this out. So let's say I'm escorting Ali in a way that men shouldn't grab a woman, right? Walking like this. All you're gonna do is you're gonna step forward your right leg, which puts you into a left fighting stance and you're gonna do the overlap entry, okay? So we're walking, ambush, self-defense. That means you're gonna go with me for a couple steps. When you act like you're scared, you're agreeing, their mental and physical defensive faculties will drop a little bit. They will, if they think they're getting their way, they're gonna relax a little bit more, that's human nature. So if right away, the biggest risk of most intensity is on first contact because they're expecting a quick response. So are you guys, if you're good guys, you're expecting that first grab to be the moment. When it's not the moment, there's almost like a loose wire, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. they didn't fight. Hmm, all right, fuck it. So then they're going. So we're gonna walk forward, you're gonna step forward and do an arm overlap entry, overlap. Boom, tap, tap, good. Overlap is not interlocked, right guys and girls? Yeah, perfect, let's do it again. So if we're walking, all you do is you go with me. So now I kind of relax, you do an overlap entry, steer the car, boom, pull my elbow and do the bot tap. Perfect. Zero reason, you're doing, the most you're gonna do is walking up here. That's the most effort I want from you, okay? All right, so on my go, Byron knows what he's gonna do. All I'm gonna do is I'm gonna call things out. We're gonna hit this And time. you're gonna do them, that's all, okay? All right, go. All right, so do the handshake entry, please. Yep. Reset, please. Arm drag entry. Good. You go towards them. Don't pull them to you. Okay, Mike, give me hands on hips for ease of learning. Overlap entry, please. Overlap entry. Good. Easy. Good. C clamp entry. Nope. Go through the triangle and go to the neck. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Good. And then Mike walked in. Give me frame to C clamp. So you frame his chest, remember, you go through the triangle. So you frame, go through the triangle also. Boom, good, okay. So now Mike, you do, okay. So do handshake entry. Good, 
Reset. Do arm drag entry, please. Good. Reset. Do overlap entry, please. No, nope. shoot through. Shoot yeah, through. And overlap your hand. Yep, easy, easy, good. Just the entry. Do C clamp entry, please. So it goes through and gets to the neck. Goes through and to the neck. The neck, C clamp. Yep. And then, right? And then you're going to walk out in and do the frame. So get off the X, frame, go through, C clamp. Yep, don't blade your body. Good. And time. Clap. What was the total? 120, uh, <laughs> 1 minute 22 seconds. One minute and 22, 22 seconds for both parties <laughs> yeah. to go through the five modes of entry engagement. Did I rush either of you? Did I stress, say, hurry up, go to, we corrected them, we did them, we took our time. It took a minute 22. If you practice these five MOEs where you know them inside out, upside down, you practice the other three letters, which is grip manipulation, windshield wipe arm drag, and swimming and pummeling. You practice those things over and over, five minutes is the most you need to practice hand to hand. And you're literally practicing a concept. That's it. Then one day you show up early for shift and you can do you can do all wrist grabs. So grab me by the wrist, I can do arm drag and boom, grab me across. I can do direct through, boom, grab me two hands. Right, I can do arm drag through, boom, grab me by the elbow. Right? Uh, no, you grab me by the elbow like the escort. Oh. Right, I can shoot through, boom. A sweatshirt. Right? What I would do is I would fold this to the uh, size of her forearm, and then I roll it up. See that, as tight as possible, okay? That may be a little short for your forearm, so, right? So I can use a soft splint. This may be a little short where I would just, you know, in the field I would just redo it, right? But this, see, it doesn't, doesn't bend at all now, right? So this would support I'd make this a little longer for arm. This would support that arm, so you can soft splint, right? But only in certain instances, and it has to be done just right. It is a lot simpler to splint with something like this. Now, if I just have, so like in the house, right? I have a couple things like this, right? I don't have a sand splint or nothing, air splint, what have you, right? I can take this, I can wrap it in the towel if I want, but I'll have the most padding if it's below. I roll up, I just one fold on this towel, right? Now I have my roll of quarters, right? Or roll of nickels, whatever. So I, get, I, I have her grip this. Now she's in the position to function with a padded splint, okay? So whenever it's just you and one patient alone, always try to incorporate them in their own, in their own treatment, in their own rescue. That is always recommended. It is better for both of you if you do that. Now, does anybody know the definition of shock? <laughs> inadequate, yes, can I, can I spell, spell it please? So it is inadequate perfusion to sustain life. Sometimes it's inadequate perfusion to the brain, right? Because you're not dead to your brain dead, right? So, uh, and perfusion is oxygen-rich blood flow. Therefore, if you have any signs and symptoms of shock, right? We usually recognize shock by we see the compensations for it. So the heart rate, often the heart and breath rate will speed up. Why would they do that? Oxygen rich blood flow, right? And you may see the ter person turn pale. For what, what we have is blood shunting. So the, blood, the, the body says, hey, I need to focus my blood flow around the internal organs in the brain to keep this person alive. So then the blood recedes from everywhere else. So you see them pale, right? So they're pale and cool, 
right? There's no blood flow to the uh, surface of the skin. And they'll often get a bit of like, almost like an adrenaline dump in their body and it causes them to sweat. So pale, cool, diaphoretic, that's a big three signs for shock, right? This, this skin, the skin signs. Pale, cool, diaphoretic, so pale, cool, slimy, sped up, increased heart rate, increased breath rate. And once we see any signs of shock, you have to act quickly because what we call the crash can happen at any time. Those compensation mechanisms can seemingly fail all at once, and then we start to get no heart rate, so we get no breath rate, right? So that's why, so it's oxygen-rich blood flow, right? So that's why learning to run an O2 tank is really important, right? For just about anything, if you go in an ambulance, for just about anything, they'll put, they'll put oxygen on you, right? Because that's for perfusion. Someone's having a heart issue, even a diabetic issue, if they've had blood loss, anything, right? They're, they're going to run O2 on you. And believe it or not, it's a two-hour certification course. We're not going to do the full certification course. I just want to show you how easy it is to set up an oxygen tank. Do not touch the patient analyzing heart Also, pressure. when you jostle someone, they can kind of change the, the heart rhythm. So they, so they want to analyze the rhythm, and, they, and they don't want you to shock them. To get shocked. Do not touch the patient. Press the flashing shock button. Shock delivered. Begin CPR. And it'll give you the right the metronome. Right. So this has feedback, so you will hear the click if you went deep enough, and you'll feel it. Right, just like this, you'll hear a click sometimes. There you go. When you have the, um, the airway open. And also you'll see the rise and fall of the chest. Right? And if you can hit that a hundred times. If, if it's not a shockable rhythm, it's not going to deliver it. Is there an age limitation on, on these? They have child pads. They have child pads? Yeah, they have child pads. Now, if you don't have child-sized pads, what you will do is you will put it right over the chest here. And then one on the back there. Okay. So you want to build your system for what you know you're going to be charging, right? So a system like this here, this is for household items. So we have the brownouts in California, right? Where they're like, oh, we've got to save energy, so turn off your, we're going to turn off your power. So if I just went to Costco and I got 50 pounds of meat in the fridge and all, you know, five gallons of milk, whatever, I don't want to lose that all now. So I have a powerful inverter and a powerful battery that can keep something like a fridge going, right? Or I can have a small even more portable setup for lighter, uh, smaller options, like uh, I just got to keep some medications cool while I'm on the run, right? So I have something like this, right? A little portable cooler, maybe 10 pounds of meat in there or whatever to take with me, right? So it depends on what you plan on powering. And, and the formula for this, and you may want a, a picture of this slide, is you need to know your amp, watt, and voltage needs. 120 volt is standard household US power supply. 12 volt for recreational video uh, vehicles. So your RVs are 12 volt appliances, house 120. So when we're port, uh, if we're making a bug out kit, right, we're gonna uh, power stuff on the move, we like the 12 volt stuff because it, it requires one tenth of the power to stay running, okay? Smaller consumption. It's, uh, we, consult, we can consider, excuse me, voltage and amp hours when we're talking about power generation, conversion, and storage devices, so your solar, your, your solar panels, right, your inverter, your battery, and watts, we measure watts in the power consuming devices. So, so for a refrigerator, right, 
how many watts does it need? And we'll know if our, our power supply can give, give out enough watts by knowing the voltage and amp hours that they're rated for, okay? So we are demonstrating a 12 volt, 100 amp hour battery on this course. So to figure out the watt hours, we multiply that together. So it's 12 volts, 100 amp hours, that gives us 1200 watt hours. So this is a 120 watt inverter. So just the one battery may be a little bit limited on time, but I can, I can power any household appliance with this for several hours. Or a series of smaller appliances, right? So if I just have my, so if I just wanted to plug in, say my laptop, my wireless, uh, my Wi-Fi, right, and a small cooler, you know, run, I'll run all day, no problem, nice. right? Can I daisy chain more batteries? Yeah, you definitely can. So you run the batteries in line. Um, you can have one battery charging out in the sun and one battery being used, right? It's another reason why I like the lithium batteries. They're just so much lighter. They're just so much lighter and more portable. Yeah, because they uh, so it's way more expensive. It's uh, it's uh, so I think this one was 350, 400, right? Uh, but the marine ones that uh, be a little bit cheaper, but the marine ones are almost double the the weight, and this is already pretty. Yeah, so it's worth it. So that's another thing is batteries will discharge when they're sitting around a little bit. Lithiums discharge way less, way less when they're not in use. And you know what? It's so easy. So now when you, when you see that, you know that guy's badass, right? You know, he's, he's got all the preps in there too. He's got the freeze dried meals. He's got plenty of ammo. He's, you know. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. He's, He's got, got big traps all around the house. Yeah. He shared it with all his friends. Yeah. <laughs> Shotgun shells everywhere, right? Yeah. <clears throat> microclimates. So the human body needs a microclimate below 72 degrees. Right? I'm in the wet bulb, whatever. So a certain level of hot and humid gets together. Like wet bulb of 97 or something like that. It begins to get untenable for us, right? So if we, if we do want our uh, portable shelter, okay, we want to be able to set up our own little, if the domicile is no good, I got a bug out, I don't want, um, you know, you, you can be in a situation. So I remember in some of the fires in San Diego when large areas were evacuated, all hotels were sold out for miles and miles and miles, right? Or if you have a, a large event, whatever, uh, you want to turn it to a camp out or wh wh whatever the reason, right? If you want a portable domicile, Okay, you have two options. For just, for something small, easy, like camping style, if you want a tent like that, you don't get a regular three season tent, you get what's called a four season tent. Mm -hmm. Ever been uh, camping, you wake up and there's condensation on the tent? Yes. Right, when it's colder. So four season, that won't happen because it is double walled. Okay, also, have you ever been camping, it's in high winds and the tent's like hitting you in the fucking face, it's like bending over, right? So the four season tent, it's meant to withstand snowpack and high speed winds. So you're not going to have the collapse, right? So it's not, nothing that's going to tear, tear apart and make a bad situation on you, which you're already staying in a tent and now it's fucked, right? And if we need to cut a fence, if, we're doing, if we're, we need to get through uh, chain link to access one of these uh, frontage roads, we're not going to drive for miles for the gate, right. we cut at the pole, okay? Yep. So we, that way we only have to cut once. There's a million little of these, right? right? So we get all the way down and then we roll it back to the next pole. And they're always at least 10 feet apart, right? So now I roll it back, 
a carabiner, whatever, right? Put a zip tie on it. And now I can get my convoy through there and I don't have to sit there for 20 minutes right. doing, doing two sessions, right? So we cut at the pole. So we would do that with fire, right? If we had to get through our vehicles through for fire, we cut at the pole, we pull it back. And then when we're done, we can roll it back and put some zip ties or whatever at it. So, uh, so like with barbed wire fences, we had something like that too. So people's cattle and stuff didn't get out. We would cut like here, 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 here. And then when we left, we would exit, make X's out of it to make sure that the guy's cattle didn't get out. Boom, quick shout out to our sponsor, Staccato. My first pistol sponsor, um, I've been sponsored by a lot of companies, right, over the years, but when it comes to pistol, that's my bread and butter. Pistol's something I believe in, you know, I'm a competitive shooter, you know, we're shooting anywhere from, you know, 800 rounds a month type of thing, right? So, Staccato, being what I believe, is one of, if not the most complete handguns you can put in your hand. Um, it's got every component that a handgun could have, should have. Uh, they're actually extremely dependable now that they've made some changes. And these things are straight up tack drivers. If you're looking for a pistol that will do as much of the work for you as a piece of hardware can, obviously you have to have the, the, the marksmanship and all the different things, but different guns perform at different levels. And I wanna say that Staccato is one of by far, for sure, take it from a competitive shooter, we're shooting the highest volumes of rounds constantly right now, not used to have a background guy, but like right now, when you go shoot, you're gonna see certain brands. Staccato is one of, if not the highest performing firearm that is both CCW, duty ready, and also competitive ready. So I wanna give them a shout out if you guys are looking for a good handgun to build your skills on top of, go check out Staccato, much love and respect. Yo, if you enjoyed that episode uh, and you like learning things like that, I wanna encourage you to go to Protector Nation, build a profile, get in the Civilian Protector Project. Um, this is where you can learn from these guys. Uh, live Zoom calls, you can see the full modules that you just, uh, you just watched and you can become part of a community. It's the first social media platform for protectors where we can get to know each other, we can network, we can learn together. We do live Zoom calls with different SMEs every single month. There's so much packed in there, I'm in there. Uh, it's an honor, it's a privilege. Looking forward to working together to make the world a safer place by helping good people to become more willing, capable and prepared protector nation, civilian protector project, let's go.